Okay. Live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And let me tell you what a night for the podcast. My God, do we have a special guest. I have known this gentleman for over 35 years. And the better wow. part of my misspent youth and young manhood was spent with him. He was that's my right. that's right. He was my roommate on more than one occasion. More on that later. Uh, he was in my wedding party, and I was in his wedding party. Uh, and although he now lives far away from New England, and he has for a long time, I still consider him one of my closest and longest, dearest friends. Uh, one of the funniest people I've ever known. Uh, a music lover, a sports fan, a member of the greatest wiffle ball team ever assembled in the history of professional wiffle ball teams. He's always up for a good time. He's a father. He's a husband. And now he is on the No Outlet podcast. Please help me welcome to the show, Sean the Jerk Folger. Sean, how are you? Listen, uh, Kevin, I, I couldn't appreciate that um, introduction more than anything. Uh, it really means a lot to me coming from you. I've known you for insert number here, years, and uh, I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. You got it. Anything. All right. So we're going to play a game called 20 Questions, and it always starts the exact same place, and that's question number one. Question number well, I one. I believe there would, be no, there would be no math here is what I was told. I was waiting for you to get to question seven to say that. All right. Do, do you believe in aliens? Yeah, I do. All right. Uh, Why not? Would you care to elaborate? Well, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I have uh, I've always thought that um, I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist person myself. So a couple things. Um, I'd I'd have to say, first of all, I've never seen one, so I can't say I believe in them because I saw one. But um, my opinion has always been and I'm open to anything is I'd have to be naive to think that we're the only planet in the monstrous universe mm -hmm. that can house any type of living life. Now, does it look like us? Does it look like something else? Who knows? That's right. But I've always felt that way that um, how, how can I say if I exist, how can nothing else exist? If yes. that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And I agree with you. That's a great that's a great answer. The reason, the only thing I would say I take exception to is you said you'd never seen one, but my understanding is that you saw a Martian one time <laughs> in Rye. Well, yeah. Great. They, listen, they come in all shapes and sizes. This particular one had green hair because of uh, lemon juice in it and a lot of tanning, but that's that's a different story. Okay. Fair enough. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of uh, the younger days, is it harder to be a parent now? Or when we were kids? Man, I'd have to say uh, the only reason I'd say now is because the social media thing is um, crazy. Why? You, you literally have to be careful because everything could be snapped. Uh, and I'm not saying like snap snapchat i'm saying like somebody could take a, an image of a text maybe that you sent and it, it could come up in an interview years from now for a job job interview type thing yeah or, or or any way shape or form and you know with all the stuff going on in the world today you look at it and literally anything that happens anywhere someone whips out a camera 
and just starts recording. Oh. You're seeing it. You're seeing it right now with the murder trial in uh, Minneapolis with, um, you know, the, the police officer. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, literally, as soon as there's something going on, someone's got the phone. Multiple people have the phone out. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's it's impossible. Mm-hmm. So you're you're on. Plus, Google is watching you and all that other kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'd have to say probably a little bit more difficult now just because of all the things that can be uh, against you and you're being watched a lot. Yeah, I would agree. And I would say that, you know, you're you're still you know, you and your lovely wife are still in the thick of being parents. Like you're still in it. I'm past it. And I feel like yep. I, I kind of lucked out because my kids were at the very beginning of, yeah. you know, phones and social media. But now it's like, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's commonplace. Every kid's got a phone, every kid's on social media. And it's, it's almost, it's impossible p- for parents to keep up. It's impossible. It's tough. Yep. It is. Yeah. So speaking of digital devices, how glad are you that we didn't have digital cameras and social media when we were in college? Well, <laughs> I, the only person I never knew, the only person I ever knew, excuse me, that had any type of a, a, a nice recording piece was a good friend of ours who had like a, 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 a V8 VH1 recorder type thing device. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. Like a mul- like like the Goldbergs that the 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 lead character in the Goldbergs yes. reminds me of a good friend of ours. And, you know, I knew no one who had video cameras back then except for that individual. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness. Yeah. They didn't exist, you know? Yeah. No, just and too much, too much evidence. Well, absolutely. Nothing good can come from that kind of uh, no. amount of digital storage. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of our good friend, we can say his name. He's been on the podcast. Um, oh, okay. Is Jay Neto nautical? Well, when someone says, are they nautical, uh, I would say uh, C.J. Netto, if that's, my, if that's the answer. Uh, nautical is as nautical does, and yes. Yeah. Red right returning. Always. And uh, he, he is as nautical as they come. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there. All right. So uh, a couple of fantasy football questions. So – You've been a fantasy football participant for as long as there's been way before it got popular in the last 10 years. 1999, I think, was the first year, or 98, one of those two. There you go. So i got a couple of questions about fantasy football. So first, we're going to start really broad. What's the secret to fantasy football success? You know, it it changes, I guess, and probably a lot of people would have different opinions because we've always been, or I've always been, in a keeper league, so... Um, you know, sometimes it's luck. Like I remember the year I drafted Le'Veon Bell, uh, when he was coming out and, you know, that was a great, a great one. And then there's been other years where I drafted one of the running backs from Alabama and I really forget his name right now, but the dude was just a bust. Um, I, my philosophy has always been, um, it used to be running backs and a solid quarterback. I always kind of neglected wide receivers um yeah and i don't know why however that mentality has changed a lot recently because our league has changed to point per reception yep ppr and with yeah ppr and now with the new kind of the nfl it's basically you know uh, even a two-yard catch which years ago would have been literally nothing 
now it's a point plus a couple points of yards. One point two. So, yeah. Yeah. So wide receivers have really taken a big thing. I'm still of the old school, though. I love two running backs and a quarterback, and then I'll kind of piece it together from there. But I've been lucky to be in a keeper league where you can really develop your team the way you want uh, and get the players that you like. You know, sometimes you'll have a player on your team that you don't like necessarily because yep. yep. he plays for a competitive team like I'm a Steelers fan, and I may not like a Philadelphia Eagle, but he's on my team. That's right. You hate the root – yeah, you kind of hate the root for that guy, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. Um, but that's always been my philosophy. I, I love running backs. That might be kind of old school, but I still do. And I try to always have uh, a great quarterback. Uh, oh, another draft. I, I drafted Lamar Jackson last year. I literally got him – well, the year before last. Yeah. I literally got him with, like, the 16th round pick. What? And I just went – now, this is no exaggeration. Just don't forget, we're in a keeper league, so right. most people had quarterbacks. But this is when Lamar Jackson first came out from Louisville. Okay, so two and, years uh, ago. Gotcha. Two years ago, okay. correct. Yep. And I just went, eh, Lamar Jackson. And he, he obviously that year killed it for me. Just a machine. So that's an example of just kind of lucking out into it because uh, no one could have expected him to do what he did his rookie year. Yeah. But uh, quarterback and running backs have always been my thing. And I've kind of changed the philosophy slightly because of the PPR. Sure. Okay. That that's fair. So let, let's get a little bit more specific. So you mentioned that you got Le'Veon Bell, obviously a home run there. You mentioned the running back. Was it run DMC from Alabama that ended up being a bust? Um, what the hell was his name? Uh, it was after the guy that came from uh, the guy that plays for the Saints, Ingram. After him and before, uh, he had kind of dreadlocks and he played for the Colts for a while. Oh my uh, he God. played for the Browns for a while. He yeah. was just a bust. I know who you're talking. So anyways, here's the question. The question is, overall, what's your position on rookie running backs because we know somebody uh who loves the stud rookie running backs and he loads up on them and sometimes they pan out but then yeah. sometimes they don't right so what's your position on those? there you go yeah i'll go for it um you know because living down here where i do i see a lot of sec football so i know when these running backs are the real deal and there's a there's a dude from alabama this year their top three running backs could be the best three running backs on any team if you know what i mean the yeah. third tier running back at the university of Arkansas, uh, Alabama is like unbelievable. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll trust them. If I've seen them play, if a dude at the Pacific, you know, pack 10 or something like that, it's yep. like an Oregon guy. Eh, don't know much about him. Could be the system, that kind of thing. Yeah. But if I've seen him play all year at an sec football team, uh, against the Floridas, the Georgias and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll take them. Yeah. I mean, the SEC is pretty much just a pro, like a one notch below pro. They're running pro Because they're offense. the real deal. I've That's seen it. them play. It's just those It's just those kind of one-hit wonders that are like San Diego State or someplace way out on the West Coast that I've never seen before with the dudes racking up billions of yards and stuff like that. And I'm like, nah, I don't know about that. Shout out to Marshall Falk, San Diego State. Um, yeah. No, that would be obviously – That's called you know, an anomaly. It, yeah. Yeah. So, Players like that, yes. Okay, so you, without describing the exact state, you live in what's called Tornado Alley. Uh, you're, yeah. you're you're around tornadoes. What's the closest uh, that you've ever had a tornado to your house? 
Oh, uh, so last year uh, we had a brand new roof put on our house. Let me just tell Uh-oh. you that. So there's your answer. Um, so I'm, I'm the the horns go off, and I look out my back window to my backyard, and my pergola is at like a forty five degree angle, oh my and God. I'm watching it go from vertical to 45 degree angle and uh the, as i'm looking out the window so it, it uh the trajectory uh came through my backyard and you know you, you could basically see the path you see all these trees falling down and stuff like that so we didn't have you know complete house destroyed but i got a i got a new roof put on my house uh in april of uh, 2020 put it that way wow so yeah, that's great. It's, I mean, terrifying. it's terrifying. It's it's absolutely terrifying and it's the most the number one thing I hate about this area is exactly that. Yeah. It's terrifying. You've been down there for I want to say almost 20 years now, 15? Not yeah, quite. I think we moved down in 2005. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay, yep. so we're going to we're going to go to the Portsmouth High School section of questions right now. All right? Love it. So uh, tell me what it's like to be part of a high school sports team that doesn't quite finish the season due to the entire team drinking on the bus ride home. <laughs> Listen, uh, all I remember is listening to a lot of uh, Dream On by Aerosmith. Okay. And then I think I th- on the bus and every time uh, or, or no, Shot in the Dark. No, what's Ozzy's song? Uh, no More Tears? No, Shot in the Dark. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sh- <laughs> just the, whatever that song is. No, that's it. You got it. Yeah. Every time, every time that that those words were spoken, there were people doing exactly that. Shot in the dark, <laughs> which led to some of the uh, transgression that you're talking about. But uh, I think basically what happened is I just uh, checked out and um, just decided to date a girlfriend instead of playing. <laughs> that took the place of my hockey season. <laughs> you know what though? I think for that team, it was the right. That was a good transition. Um, yeah, yeah. Who uh, coined the phrase, I see you, I spy? The, ri- the richest man that I've ever met in my life, and he was only 17 years old <laughs> at the time. And this dude walked into a bar in the Bahamas with a, with a, uh, a blue blazer and the crest and the whole nine yards Slapped down an American Express gold card. Oh, that's which, this guy. Okay. Uh, which at that time, you, I never saw that, right? And here's a 17 year old with an American Express gold card buying drinks for the bar. Yeah. Uh, that that dude, I, I, his name was Andy, I think, or something like that. He went to Tilton Prep. He went to Tilton Prep, and to this day, it's the funniest story I think I, I have in my back pocket. It's <laughs> Just describing the whole thing, it, it was surreal looking at this guy. And he looked 45 years old at the time, but he was only 17. Yeah. So, listen, here's another question. What can you tell me about the time that you ran for student body president? I did. That's right. And, I know you uh, did. What can you yeah, tell me about and, it? Yeah. I, I, uh, my, my speech was very, very brief. Uh, hi. <laughs> I just I described myself by giving my name, and I asked it's for your vote. A good place vote. to start, yeah. 
yeah, I said, this is my name and um, please vote for me. And that was literally about it. And uh, I, I don't, uh, I think, I don't think I won. <laughs> I, in hindsight, I probably could have put a little more political uh, effort into it. Hey, but um, you, you know, you did it, which is more than most. And most well, when of you the, get up, go ahead. You know, when you get up on stage, uh, I don't know what, first of all, prompted me to even do it. It was probably just, you know, whatever. Yeah. But when you get up there and you're not used to something like that, it was actually pretty shocking. Looking back, it felt like I was in Madison Square Garden. But, you yeah. know, also being real, looking back. I was in our Portsmouth High School auditorium, which seats probably about 250 people, right? Yeah. But at the time, it felt like I was in Madison Square Garden. So you kind of panic when you're up there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Very intense. And I moment. wasn't used to it, you know. Right. Um, who was your favorite teacher at Portsmouth High School? Oh, um, Bol- Bollier, I think was his name. Yep. And uh, he, I believe he was, because um, he was the first teacher that kind of, uh, got me into recognizing that I liked history. And if you like something, you don't necessarily have to um, be the smartest person in the world. But if you like it, it kind of comes naturally, which makes things a little easier and you have more fun learning. Well, you become interested so, in it, right? So you just, it's not, it's not tedious to learn it because you like it. Correct. Yeah. And I didn't really know it. I mean, I grew up watching John Wayne movies with my dad and stuff like that. Right. And and just kind of reading things like that. But you never kind of put two and two together like, oh, wow, I might be pretty good at this. So that was actually my minor at uh, college yeah. was uh, minored in uh, history. Yes. And you were always uh, a history buff. In particular, I remember you being uh, a really good student of wars. Uh, World War- Still am. Love yeah, it. Right? Love it. Yeah. My, my, my son – will come upstairs and say, Hey dad, what are you watching? What war movie are you watching? Still to this day, like he, tonight I'll probably find. So actually I watched a movie last night, uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford. That was good. And it was really good. Casey Affleck played in it. And, yep. um, and, um, Bra- uh, Brad Pitt. And True it story. was really pretty good. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Dunkirk? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Yeah, it was good, and uh, the movie 1917 was pretty cool, too. And I still don't exactly know what it was a one-shot take means. So literally that whole movie was shot in one take is from what I gather from that, yeah, so which the, is in, insane. Yeah, they made it look like it was one take, and there are long sequences that actually were one take. And then remember, like, there's a few parts where the guy goes down, like, the waterfall, like – they did some editing to make it appear okay. as if it was one because there's no way you can take a camera all that way. But, but yeah, there were, there were very long sequences and it makes it feel like you're watching like an hour and a half of an actual war. It's, it's incredible. What a movie. Yeah. So I, I still am uh, read all sorts of books, you know, birthdays coming up. Hey, what do you want? The easiest thing to just tell relatives and friends and family is just a, a new book, whatever the latest one out there is, whether it be Civil War, European history, whatever it is. Yep, still love it. Awesome. Love it. Have you ever read uh, 1776? Yeah, I have the hardcover. Oh, what a that's my favorite book, uh, maybe of all time, of in, in terms of historical nonfiction. I think McCullough is amazing. And that book yeah. I read in like a weekend. It's hard to put down. It was just so incredible. Well, two things on that. So I should always preface by saying um, nonfiction, first and foremost. I won't read fiction. Same. 
So that that's that. Yeah. And then McCullough is a good article. Although I will say, um, I guess it would be considered a, a hybrid of fiction, nonfiction. Um, there's a guy that wrote the book, um, the killer angels, hmm. which, uh, which turned into the movie Gettysburg. He kind of, uh, spins a story and uses um, conversation that obviously no one's privy to because no one was alive then. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of um, a little bit of maybe uh, fiction, but, but the, the concepts are all there the same. So he'll just kind of put some uh, of his thoughts into a scene. If that, uh, if that kind of makes sense at all, but for the most part, yeah, for the most part, it's always nonfiction. And actually, I went to a Boston Public Library function and got uh, David McCullough's autograph. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool, dude. That's yeah, awesome. so I was dating my wife at the time, and she either was asked to do something. We basically um, registered people for a Boston Public Library uh, fundraiser. Okay. I sat at a table. People came up to us. We took their names, gave them their table setting uh, number, and all that kind of stuff. And David McCullough spoke. That is really cool. I dig that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Um, quick question: Did Richard Hoyne enjoy procreation? Oh man, <laughs> he he loved. You know what? <laughs> Oh, okay, moving on. In a general sense, uh, do you think it's a good idea to run around at night and aim bottle rockets and Roman candles at other people also running around in the pitch darkness aiming the said items back at you? Yes. You it's do? A, it's an ex- you yes, I do. It's, okay. <laughs> as long as I don't get hit. Okay, fair, fair. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I know what you mean. As long as other people get hit, I'm fine with it. Well, that's that's so <laughs> selfless of you. <laughs> okay, so one more question about high school, uh, and in particular, we're going to talk about our friend Jay, James Paul. Ooh. Now, oh. who do you remember who his tanning nemesis was back in high school? Yeah, Dean Sconces. <laughs> The fact that you rolled that off so quick is impressive and and not surprising. Yes. Uh, he was tanner than him, and, and he was not tan. That's right. And I, I – oh, my God. I To this day, I still remember uh, the, the, the instruments of tanning, as I'll call them. Oh. For, first of all, for me, I'm slathering as much – sun protection i can get hats everything you know this this uh this kid is putting uh all cooking oil. oil yeah you know just going going to the cupboard oh we got cooking oil i'll try some of that and uh taking baking sheets that have a reflective surface on it and utilizing them never burning it's oh never burning so envious because <clears throat> you know who doesn't want to be tan right well I, I think he has the you know he has the pedigree for it if you will I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, is a perfectly cooked steak proof that God really loves us? So growing up, I would say yes. But grow, growing up, my I think my parents were from the time where uh, botulism must have killed a lot of people because, you know, if we ever had any type of a meal growing up, 
pork, chicken, beef, whatever. If it wasn't a hockey puck, we I didn't eat it. Oh, you know that's not well done. You can't eat that. I so see. I, you know, my my wife now, if and my daughter actually, if it's not like medium rare, they're yelling at me. So right. I, I I'm not the best person to ask about the stick because again, growing up, um, everything I ate was a hockey puck. It so was you, just cooked to the nth degree, <laughs> so it wouldn't kill me. I guess is what the concern was. So you still prefer steaks cooked well done? No, um, I won't yeah. uh, do that anymore. But uh, I never knew any other type of doneness existed until I started, you know, getting yeah. out to the real world and buying my own steaks and right. stuff like that. I mean, even if you go out to a really good steak restaurant, if you get a filet mm-hmm. and you order it anything more than medium, you're still going to get it medium. They won't cook a filet medium well. They won't cook it well. They're just going to give right. it to you rare or medium rare or at the most yep. medium at the most. Yeah, but I do like a good steak, and uh, as does my family here. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Um, okay. Uh, what are your feelings on the rules for expulsion from campus housing at Plymouth State University? Uh, they're strict, probably. <laughs> I think you should always get at least one strike or maybe three or four strikes. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, I think three strikes is typically three strikes and you're out. And I think. How about three plus one? You want, you should have been an extra one. Yeah. Three plus one. I'll go with that. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Okay. What are the safety tests that are needed and have been conducted on Mexican versions of the Wildcat Pineapple Lollipops. <laughs> stringent. Okay. Extremely stringent. Stringent. Um, yeah, the, uh, the the doctors from Wuhan are all over it. They know exactly what they're doing. Oh, good. And, um, you know, it's good stuff. Well, I you know, I feel better about having one already. If the don't put from... it next. Yeah, don't put it next to. Little kids or anything like that, or uh, anything flammable, but you should be fine. Or as someone once said, "Don't put that in my body." That's right. <laughs> hey, what happens when you rub a bottle three times? <laughs> Genie. Well, uh, <laughs> you get the best acting award. Rub it three times. <laughs> Boy, that's good acting. Oh, yeah. That, you, let let we... me crinkle a bag of potato chips. Oh, he's breaking my hand. Arr! Oh, no, my neck. Hey, um, whatever happened to the, the famous yet short-lived suntan lotion, Sizzle? Aw, Sizzle. That was, that was the jingle. It was around for, I think, like a month or two in the summer of 1990, and then it just kind of – it just went away. Listen, there was a, uh, there was a group of individuals whom um, collectively – uh, called themselves trademarked the brats they who did. had genius ideas uh, to this day. So I've got a few that I still talk about. Um, I have a friend who created um, wide butt, which is <laughs> toilet paper for fat people. Oh my God. Well, that's a, that's a home run right there. Wide butt. 
uh, ring away, which is for those uh, promiscuous individuals whom will take their ring off but have a tan line and oh, don't want to show that tan line. My so God. ring away, ring away works very well for that. And um, an, an all-time favorite of mine, microwave magic, which basically means you put anything into a microwave, press one, and it can roast it, dinner, and you're all set. But yeah, this. There's a lot of good. Uh, there's a lot of good things out there. Sizzle is one of them. Yep. And uh, I can still remember uh, it worked. All I know is that it turned a white, very pale Irish German young lad into a Lebanese-looking individual, and it worked very well. It worked very well. Hey, did you just change your speaker setting? Say that part oh, again. Oh, never mind. There, you're back. I can hear you again. Okay. Yeah, I said no. I said it took a uh, uh, a white Irish German lad and turned him into a Lebanese looking man. So it works very well <laughs> as advertised. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, you, as am I, you are a, a huge music fan. And the thing I always appreciated uh, about you being a student and lover of music is that you liked all types. You weren't pigeonholed into one kind. You could appreciate almost anything. And you went deep with the knowledge of how songs came about and what the Beatles were doing or thinking when they created a certain album or, or any other band. So here's the question. If you could wave a magic wand and go back in time to see Oof. any group live during any period of their, uh, their musical journey, what band would that be? And what time period? Man, uh, it's, it's uh, that's a, it's a difficult question only because, um, how do you choose just one? But, yep. uh, you know, growing up and even to this day, I am still, uh, I love the Beatles. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, growing up, I was Aussie and all this kind of heavy metal stuff, but I would have to say Led Zeppelin circa 1973. Oh boy. That's a and, great uh, choice. Just pure <laughs> rock four guys a guitarist a singer a drummer and a bassist they didn't have pianists organists no. orchestras that dude jimmy page would put out volume with just one guitar yeah and and everything else was you know awesome with it but yeah um and you know the, the cool thing i like about today's world with technology and stuff like that you can take your phone or computer or whatever device you're on yeah. and literally google Led Zeppelin Live, 1973. And there's people who recorded stuff back then, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know how they did it. So you can see that stuff. But yeah, I'm going to... Now, granted, who wouldn't want to see the Beatles and stuff like that? I, I, I do hear that. Uh, maybe that rooftop concert that they did in like 1969 when they sang the song Get Back and stuff like that. That was kind of cool. But yeah, I'm going to go Zeppelin, 1973. Nah, I like that. I like that. I think... Look, everyone loves the Beatles, but I honestly yeah. would I'd pick Zeppelin 73 over the Beatles too. Um, I think that's a great choice. Speaking of music, okay, what can you uh, tell me about the famous night um, in Portsmouth at a place called Bananas um, oh. <clears throat> when there was a certain rendition of the Lionel Richie song Endless Love at karaoke yeah. night? Um, what can you tell me about that? It brings tears to my eyes, literally brings tears to my eyes. It actually brought tears to many of the audience's eyes that night, maybe for different reasons, of course. <laughs> so first of all, I still have 
uh, I think I think one of our other friends uh, who might I'll just I'll just say his initials are R F. He he made a couple copies of that, and I remember one time watching it up at Plymouth in our apartment and laughing so hard that I thought I was gonna have I think I was gonna like die. It was yeah, very bad. Hard to control, but God, what a beautiful moment! And it was a duet, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, a beautiful young lady yep. with a lovely voice. Uh, I, you know, American Idol needed her back then. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard to sing a song when you've ever when you've ever ne- never actually heard the song before. So, uh, singing karaoke to a song yep. that you've never heard before challenging. I don't. I don't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair enough. Hey, what can you tell me about the Prince of Foul Air? <laughs> Eau de Toilette, Emily. <laughs> that's the, uh, that, that was his kingdom was the Eau de Toilette. And, um, you know, uh, he had a blazer on and I think he was, he was foreign, maybe Ukraine. I don't even know what the heck he was. I think he was British um, or some kind was of... Was he British? Okay. I think he was some kind... And the reason why we called him the Prince of Foul Air, we, he was saying... He, he was, was a, the smelliest. He was, he was definitely smelly. And he said he was like a descendant of a duke or something like that. I'll never forget that night because that was the night we went to the tent in Quincy. And I had, I had a fake ID from another one of our friends who I'll just use his name as KG... And mm-hmm. he made these amazing, amazing IDs, but it didn't work. It worked really well in Portsmouth and Rye, but it did not work well at the tent in Quincy. And our night was when you over. Made, yeah, quick. that was the big time. When you made the big time in Quincy, it was um, the guy took it and went, <laughs> and then he called a couple of friends over. And then I, I think he ripped it right what, in front of us. What he said was, like, he, oh, goes, uh, he goes, now hey, uh, he called all of his buddies over and all these, you know, steroid freak cronies from, you know, wherever yep. came over and like, hey, what's your what's your astrological sign? What's your astronomy sign? And <laughs> I was stupid enough to pick a different birth month. <clears throat> so I didn't know what it was. So I said, oh, I don't believe in that. He goes, yeah, this doesn't look like a license. It looks like a Polaroid. And he just he literally just ripped it in half sideways. And I'm you like, should have oh. asked, you know who you needed to ask for help at that point? You should have phoned a friend. You should have asked Travis Blake he, for some help. I definitely should have asked Travis Blake. But unfortunately, it didn't go that way. But uh, the Prince of Foul Air. Okay. Hey, listen. How many clothing stains did it take for you to ruin your day or night? One's all it takes. <laughs> and to this day, one is all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> we Oh my god! I was I was such the opposite. Like I could give a shit, and I remember you you'd look you'd always look perfectly pressed and nice and polo and everything, and then something would happen, and there'd be like a drop from ketchup, or there'd be you know grass or something. You'd be like, ah, fuck, I gotta go home. Exploding ketchup bottles were always difficult for me to handle, and uh, they seemed to find their way towards me. Um, Errant blueberries flying around in the air always seemed to find me. Yep. a rolling grass stain if you fall down a hill or and or porch always problematic um, always trouble but always yeah problematic. uh i had a i had a mother though who was a wizard of getting these things out she truly was uh she was I, amazing i saw some doozies and they came back like it was it never happened i yeah uh, blueberries was a perfect example i remember somebody had the great idea to get into a blueberry fight and um 
have to explain that one. Hey, Mont, can you help me with this? Oh, what is this? Oh, I, I kind of fell in a blueberry patch. And just, what happened? Well, my friends are idiots, Mom. That's what it boils yeah, down to. Yeah, I left yeah. that part out. But <clears throat> Thank you. Um, hey, can you please uh, – do you remember – can you still tell me and explain the story mm. of Medea? Yes. So uh, I was in a theater class in college. Yes. And – is that what you mean by describe this? I kind of give the background and what, what it is and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I like where you're going with it. And I think that's perfect. I was just, I was actually more curious if you remember, because I don't remember oh, yeah. it, but, but go ahead and tell the story like you were going to. I like that. Oh, so I was in a theater class and one of the projects was to, I think I had to give a review about a, uh, I think it was Shakespeare. Or it could have even been earlier than that. Uh, a play called Medea yep. and uh, you had a uh, college radio station uh, show at various times. I think this one was uh, early morning, Saturday or Sunday, one mm -hmm. of those two. Yeah. And I had the, I had the idea or we collectively came up with the idea of doing a live spot on your show um, talking about Medea, but making it, a like a, a Siskel and Ebert type review. Yes. And uh, so I basically wrote some stuff down. I'm sure you helped as well. We basically gave a canned presentation of Medea. I don't think I read the book, watched the play or anything. Oh, we definitely and, did not. We did not read yeah. any of it. And mm -hmm. uh, recorded it live with um, Strange Ways soundtrack from the Smiths oh, in the background. Good call, Sean. I forgot that. That's what was in the back. You're right. Oh yeah, a great, great background because it was like Morrissey was moaning, and it was like perfect. <laughs> and Siskel right. uh, says, "I laughed, I cried, and then I applauded." And uh, oh, to this, and the, and the teacher played it live in the class. We got an A on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that girl that sat next to us, she got an A too. Remember that? <clears throat> oh, I know. I got an A. <laughs> That's her. Okay, so sadly, oh, so we... that was a joint project. <clears throat> yeah, it was exactly. It was a joint project. Perfect. Yep, I thought so. Got it. Totally. Um, all right. Two... That was it. So somewhere I've got a. I just. It's so funny. I got a box of cassette tapes from my mom's house just like a week ago, and I swear in that box is the Medea tape. I think I have it. I would love to hear. I truly would love to hear it, just because. It was um, it was awesome. I mean, because we did it live, so there was no time for a mistake, right? And uh, you, you and your editing wizardry was able to put the soundtrack in. You had the the background. You were the Medea. That's right. And uh, it was perfect. Yep. We did one take. Awesome. One take magic. One take. That's okay. Uh, sadly, we're down to our last two questions. So, Ow! second to last question is this. Have you ever received your certification in bartending? I have. Yes. And how many bartending what can I, what jobs? What I do to you, for you? <laughs> how many? And how many bartending jobs did that yield you? Including the one I never had, zero. So, <laughs> but it got me a lot of good interviews. Yep. And uh, and I yeah, I interviewed at. I remember I interviewed at. Um, Oh, uh, Pirates Cove, yep. and I, I'm, I literally begged the guy. I'm like, "Come on, man, just give me something." And then, I, actually, I think we did get hired 
at the Hampton Casino, I think. What? But I think I, I know I interviewed there, and I think I was going to be like a bar back, but we just never went. <clears throat> okay, that the, sounds of, right. That sounds right. Yeah, one of those type deals. Because I'm like, who's going to drive to Hampton Beach? You know. Right. But um, looking back, it probably would have been kind of fun, and who knows where that would have led me in life. You know what I mean? You get kind of mixed up in that bar world. Who knows where you go from there? Oh, that's a good point. It's a good point. It is, but it was pretty cool. I mean, we got certified. At the end of the class, I was literally able to make 100 drinks, tell you what kind of glass it was in, what kind of garnish it was, what were the drinks uh, within it, you know, the, the mixes and stuff like that. It was actually pretty cool. So a couple of funny things about that. First of all, I now live in that same town where that school was, <clears throat> and it's still here. The school that you took your class at in 1989, it's still operational, same name, same location, same everything. And the it, it was actually – so I know that you can do everything that we did there yep. like now. You can just memorize, okay, somebody says Cuba Libre. Oh, it's a rum and coke with a line. That's right. So – but and you can do that now. But I will say this, that place um, allowed you to be in a bar setting. It had everything there. Yeah. So you actually had to, instead of just memorizing what it was, you actually had to go make it and pour it. Now, obviously, it was colored water and stuff like that. Right. But it taught you things like you put it on the tray in the order that the people sitting at the table are. So when the waitress goes over, she didn't go. She doesn't have to go. Or he doesn't have to go. Who ordered this? You know, it's like. She puts the drinks down in the order that the bartender places them because that's the order it was placed. Yes. So it was, it was just a lot of those little things that make a big difference. So they did a really good job at that school. They really did. Yeah. No, I, and I remember being impressed. You guys would come home from class and you would then say – you would like dazzle me with here's a drink. Here's a, You would know all the fucking drinks. You guys knew your shit for sure. You and this other guy uh, yeah. you took it. And then the funniest part was – you guys went to go work at the Yacht Club, I think. Yep. And oh, yeah. I actually became a bartender at fucking Ray's Restaurant. Yeah, um, that's what it was. That's and... exactly because I think we got hired or at least offered a job at Hampton Casinos, but this one was closer and you could get tan. So which one won? Well, Jay, which one? Jay's not yeah. going to pass up tanning. <laughs> right. And, and here's the funny part. So when I first got the job, I was like, oh, don't need my stupid certificate. I can get a job doing bartending no matter what. And then I get behind the bar, and I had fucking no idea. So we had these drunks coming in at like 1130 at night or in the morning oh. and getting like double absolute madras and all shit. And I knew nothing. So thankfully, they had a book. But I'm telling you, for the first like two weeks, three weeks, I was looking yep. up every goddamn recipe. And it would have been helpful to have been trained. Where was Ray's? I forget. I, I remember the name. Where was that place? Rye Beach. So it was Rye. Okay. Uh, so if, you had, if you're at uh, Pirate's Cove, right, and you're going yep. towards Janice Beach, it's about halfway. Yeah. Okay. Right before there you go. that. Is it still there today? It's still there today. Yeah. It's uh, it's been over. PD's is kind of dominating the, the seafood scene in Rye. So mm -hmm. it's nowhere near as busy as it used to be because PD's has all the customers. But it's still there. You know, they're still, they're still selling their shitty lobster rolls. No, sorry, I don't mean that. They're still selling their lobster rolls. Um, okay, we are down to the last question. Very sad. And it's a serious one. Um, and Ooh. and. Uh, and it's one that uh, it's been debated for years, and, and there's no real conclusive uh, answer that I've heard yet. So I'm hoping that you can clear it all up. Um, could you please explain to me and the studio audience and anybody listening 
what the difference is between science and proven science? <laughs> well, things can be proven, but not proven through science, proven science, <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. Well, so someone might say, is that true? Well, yeah, it was proven through science, not proven science. And there you go. <laughs> and there and there you go. That's poetry. And to, to this day, it's probably my favorite answer to any question I've ever heard asked. Yeah, because um, who can who can who can refute who can understand what you just said? Well, that's it. So people are people are so damn. Is he a genius or is he an absolute fool? I don't know. Well, they're so they're they're so backwards because you trip them up because they're trying to figure out what the hell it was you said, and by that time you're onto a different thing, and they're like, okay, that guy that guy knows his shit. He knows what's going on. Um, he does. He does. Well, listen. He does. I do. I wish that you could see what's happening. The studio audience is on their feet. They're doing the wave. They've got big, huge flags that say Folger. Um, it's truly been a pleasure. We don't talk enough. I'm glad we got a chance to talk. Um, even if it was about some silly questions, I hope that you and your family and your lovely wife have the best evening and I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much, Mr. Sean Folger. Hey, listen, this was awesome. Ethan, in all seriousness, I, I, you're, you're the, and I've said this and I've always said it and I'll keep saying it. You're the most creative person that I know. And have always been the most creative person I know. Wow. I have in my house a Lost Harvest T-shirt, nice. and info, and hemp info disc, and I show it to people all the time, saying I have a buddy who is the most creative thing. I told him about this podcast thing, and I'm like, this guy comes up with these ideas, always has, and he's always willing to do things like that. So, um, you know. I truly commend you on this. This has been this has been fun. I could sit here all night and do it, and it sounds like you, all your guests can probably just do it because you make us feel comfortable. But you're the most creative person I've ever met. Aww. Always have been, and uh, pleasure to know you. I really appreciate that, Sean. It's a pleasure to know you. That means a lot. And uh, if you come up this summer, let me know, and, and I'll buy you a drink at Ray's restaurant. Oh, we're definitely going to be there. Yep, we've already uh, booked the place. Uh, we go see my wife's side of the family for a week and then my side of the family for a week. So we're going to be up there. So you're going to be up in the uh, main area. Yeah, and we weren't last year, so it's not like I just didn't want to see anybody. We didn't go last year. I don't year, think so. anybody went anywhere last year. So when you're up this year, we'll hang out. Again, thank you so yep. much for being on the show, and I hope you have a great night, Sean. Thank you, Ethan. All right, take care, man. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.